Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of three Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. I'm DC. I'm A-Dub. I'm Press. Fellas, what's good? Man, everything's all good over here, man. I got vacation on the horizon and my White Sox are making moves out here in these streets, boy. <laughs> but hey, we're real quick though. Hey, Dub. Most importantly, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Press. I'm hanging in there, my brother. I'm good. Okay, I just wanted to check in with you, man, because I know uh, it's been a tough day. A lot of my Cubs fan brethren, including my brother, I had to do a little check in. I had to make sure I text the neighbor. I said, "Hey, can you check on my brother and make sure he's okay?" I haven't heard from him today. I texted him a couple times. I ain't hear from him. Just go over there and just knock on the door to see if there's some life going on in the household. So, yeah. <laughs> my brother's just ignoring my text message. That's all that was. That's all that was. <laughs> yeah, right. we good over here, man. We hanging in there, brother. We straight. DC, I know he's going to have his little flu game over here today. So, ladies and gentlemen, he's batting a little something-something. But you know what, DC? Push through, man. I was just watching them flu game highlights. I'm like, see, that's me right there. Scotty holding me up right now. <laughs> that's right. I keep telling y'all, man, to stop eating that pizza in these strange places. Just got to stop doing this. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, man, let's let's get into the show. But an audience, as you guys already know, Craven is our sponsor. So please join us on our exclusive community, Chicago Versus. You can find the Craven app on Apple and also on Android devices. Fellas, the NBA draft was last night. And we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of that in a little bit later on. But we had a big trade that went down. We had the Lakers and the Wizards making a trade. Fellas, give me your thoughts on Russell Westbrook going to the L.A. Lakers. Talk to him. It's seismic because you look at Brooklyn in the East, it's almost like a direct competition with their big three. You got LeBron versus KD. You've got KD's old sidekick in Westbrook teaming up with LeBron. You got LeBron's old sidekick Kyrie teaming up with KD, and then you got AD, and you got James Harden. It's right in itself. You know, I don't want to pull out no crystal ball or nothing like that, but Lakers versus Brooklyn is a real possibility for the finals next year. Is that an early prediction that you're making on the pod? Oh, hell no, because I, I want to see my bulls there. <laughs> <laughs> also, you see, I, you see I was trying to set him up on this. He's a smart man. He's a smart man. <laughs> hey, Doug, what you thinking, bro? Perez, I thought it was a good move for those guys. I mean, you asked me, they got better. I know Shorter was the point guard last year, or when I say playing the two guard with LeBron playing the point, you know, this is the improvement. I mean, you got now Russ. Russ is a better player to me than Schroeder was. So they got better at that area. And then, like DC said, they're looking at the Nets over there with their big three. 
You can't count out Milwaukee Bucks who just won a championship that get them extra motivation for this coming season. So it's going to be competition. And I, I tell you, Milwaukee Bucks got a nice squad. I mean, they got three guys who can play as well. So you think about that, the Lakers realize that, hey, it's some competition out there. They have to upgrade. Listen, all I'm going to say here is uh, this is GM Braun at the work all over again. So I heard that uh, he and AD, they, uh, they he had those two out to his crib a couple weeks ago. So I feel like this move was brokered in that meeting that they had at LeBron's crib. So this GM Braun at it again, building himself up another little super team. So I get it. You know, LeBron, no. Hey, I can't depend on AD for a whole 82 games. And also with the playoffs, I need another dog in here. I need an alpha. Because I'm telling you, LeBron, you ain't that guy. So I think it was great to get a guy on this team that got a little killer instinct because they lack that right now. That's just how I see it. So Yeah, man. <laughs> and that dude play with a chip on his shoulder, too. Hell yeah, he does. Hell yeah, he does. And, and one thing, too, I was going to say, this is a pretty good trade by the Wizards, too. Now, let's, don't sleep on the players that the Lakers sent over there. Kyle Kuzma, you can have whatever opinion about him, but I think he's a decent player. KCP's going over there, and also Trez. And I don't understand why Trez didn't play more than he did. So those are three really good players that are going over there to Washington to team up with Bradley Bill. And Bradley Bill does not get enough credit for his game. This is a bad brother. So I think both teams fared pretty well in this trade, guys. And you know what else, Perez? Some may argue that the Widgets may have won that particular trade because of all those guys who can still play. It means up for debate, right? We'll see what happens. But people are sleeping on Kyle Kuzma. I mean, he didn't have a great season last year because of who he's playing with, right? He's not really playing as, as a star on that team. He's more of a role player. But now he get a chance to really, you know, shine, right? Get more opportunities. The ball in his hands a lot more than it was with playing with the Lakers. It'll be a different style, up-tempo style that he's used to playing, that he likes playing. So, yeah, I can see some things changing for the Wizards as well, Chris. I can see it as well. And Bradley Beal is that dude, the leading scorer in the NBA. However, Washington may not be done making moves. You know, this could be headed towards a retool or a rebuild. You know, I don't know if, like, I know they want to keep him, but you just brought it up, Chris, how players talk. Bradley Bill's out there with some talented individuals out in Tokyo. So if they get in his ear, he may not want to come back to Washington. And that's a, the point there, because there were some of those rumors uh, associated with the Bulls because of the Billy Donovan relationship. So you never know, man. The NBA is a strange place. And I'm going to tell you one thing. The NBA offseason is the best offseason out of all of the, of the leagues that are out there, because there's always some drama that's going on. And I'm just here for all of it, boys. Yes, sir. One other thing, too, that I wanted our audience to keep in mind with this move, right? So Westbrook, not he was looking to go back to L.A. because that's where he's from, but he wants to win the championship. So I think for him, this move for him was just all about putting himself in position to win the title. And then lastly, LeBron and AD both committed to changing their positions to make this trade happen. So, fellas, I want to know what you guys thought about that aspect of the deal because now AD, who's pushed back on playing center, most of his career now is agreeing to play the center position and LeBron's going to play power for Hey, it works out for us really for position players. This is a position in this league anyway, really. But those guys kind of fit into all that, you know, with having Russ come in, playing his part. So these guys have already made a commitment that they're willing to sacrifice something for the betterment of the team to make sure that everyone is happy. And they can also reach through with some other pieces for us. They can add on there that can also help them out. So with them already committed to what role they're going to play on the team already, that's a good start for them. And it's to match up with the defending champion, Milwaukee Bucks. You look at Giannis at the four and what he did and how dominant he was. LeBron 
it's it's about time he he gets down there and and really showcases what he could do in the mm-hmm. post. And then AD, I never really fully understood why he did not want to play the center position. Lamarcus Aldridge is another you could think of as just never really wanted to play center. But that's where he's most dangerous because of his ability to step out and just he's got so many tools in his bag. So it's going to work out well for them. I don't want to be taking shots at our brothers out here, but I got one, just one idea why he was probably shying away from uh, playing that center position. He didn't want that smoke, man. He don't want to take that contact. He wanted to hang out on the three-point line. 6'11", boy, get your ass down in that paint. Let's go. <laughs> That's a good point you're making right there, Prez. I think the Greek may have shown him a couple things about playing the center spot because I saw the Greek in the finals playing the center spot a lot. So I think him seeing like how the game is played now, you don't have a lot of those traditional big men out there on the court like that. You have more like a Greek playing your center, right? So the game has changed a little bit. You have some of the, the traditional centers coming off the bench. So it's easy for him, you know, to probably transition to that role now that he did in the past. Oh, fair point. Fair point. Well, we'll see. But I will tell you one thing. A great trade, I think, for both teams. I love everything that Westbrook brings. Just his pedigree is going to be great for the Lakers. And like I said, Wizards, they got a lot of talent. But to DC's point, we don't know if the, if the Wizards are done dealing or if they're going to rebuild around uh, Bradley Bill. We'll definitely see. But speaking of a rebuild, and the reason why I wanted to check in on not only my brother, but A-Dub here, is the Cubs, they're in that full Smokey the Bear fire sale mode. I'm talking about there's all kind of smoke going on right now at Wrigley Field. A-Dub, not only did you guys trade Rizzo, which we're going to talk about here in a second, not only did you guys trade Baez, but then you also <laughs> traded Craig Kremble. Boy, there's a lot of guys that y'all traded, man. A-Dub, talk to him real quick. This is an unprecedented type of trades going on, right? We have not gotten rid of this many players like this. I mean, a big fire sale like this I've ever seen in Chicago Cubs in my history of watching them play. Seeing them do this here, this is a side they were looking to start over. Most of us Cub fans who are really logical understand that this was the year that we were going to actually get rid of some of these guys here and probably rebuild. And as you can see, there's nothing different than what I expected, friends. It's just the fact that we got off to a hot start early and then we started to trickle down and lose a lot of games. And then the fire still happened, right, afterwards. But anyhow, we can't expect that coming to the season. I mean, I love these guys that don't love with the team, but I totally get why we're at this point now. To piggyback off of that, a couple of episodes back, I think I made the point that the Cubs would probably be looking to, you know, at least between Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant, at least keep one out of the three, maybe two out of the three. They let all three of them go. That was a shot. And also, too, we just talked about it in the last episode. What were we talking about the Yankees, D.C.? And we were talking, I thought potentially Bryant was going to go there because the Yankees, you can tell they're in all-in mode right now. And I'm keeping my eye on them motherfuckers. But (laughs) not only did they pick up Rizzo, but they also got Joey Gallo. So the Yankees are tooling up. But I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on this trade in in essence because for me, I thought this was a hell of a move by the Yankees. And I thought for the Cubs, I didn't think they got enough in return. But I wanted to get you guys' thoughts there. Not enough in return. No, I'm with you, D.C. It wasn't nothing in return. But um, the thing is, it had to happen. And I knew the Yankees would be someone that stepped in to do it. I mean, the Cubs are looking for prospects, right, in return. They got some prospects. I think that's what they really wanted overall from all this year. They were able to get some of that. So I think really in the rebuild process, you want guys to probably come into your farm system and can probably test some things up and then eventually come to the big leagues and do some damage. That really is the goal. So I thought we could have got more, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, this, this is the thing. All prospects aren't created equal, right? So I look at it and I say, 
with Rizzo. You knew what you were getting with that guy. He was steady. You knew he was going to play. He was great on defense there in the first at first base. And so when I look at what they turned around and got, I said, okay, these guys are pretty pretty interesting prospects. And to your point, A-Dub, yeah, I mean, you knew that Rizzo probably wasn't going to resign here. The contract negotiations had broke down, it seemed like, a few months ago. So for the Cubs, I mean, I'm sure they did what they had to do. But I don't know, man. I just thought that Rizzo's value would have yielded a little bit more. So when I look at this, and I'm not even a Cubs fan, but I'm just being objective here. If this were my team, I would have just wished that they would have held out for a little bit more. I mean, it's the Yankees, for Christ's sake. Come on now. Stall them out, Debo. <laughs> I'm not mad about that, Prez. If you think about all this with him, I mean, like I said, I'm a big Rizzo fan, Prez. I'm a huge fan. Matter of fact, he's one of those guys who was willing to stay here. He kind of told the front office that, hey, I'm willing to sink with the ship here. I wanted willing to stick this whole thing out, you know? And to lose him, it did kind of hurt me because I know this guy's a diehard Cubs guy. He really is. But, you know, we didn't get as much as I thought we'd get for him. And you already know, Prez, a lot of times, you know, sometimes prospects don't pan out. Sometimes they do. So I'm hoping these guys that we got in return, I hope one of them can pan out, right? I really do. We'll see what happens as their careers go on. And then we'll make a case whether we got a good value on that trade. Well, Rizzo is beloved in this city. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back later in his career, you know, but, you know, this, I feel like trade deadline, this was just a, a rushed move. Like you said, Prez, like they could have went about this completely different and got back a much better haul. That's all I'm saying, because I'm looking now at the move with Javi Baez. Now they traded him to the Mets and now Javi's getting ready to go play in that infield with Lindor. That's going to be a sick little infield combination. So, <laughs> I mean, Javi could either move to second or third base. I mean, he's that talented. He's that dude. But now, to the point that we've made on this show in the past with Javi, there was a chance that he probably wasn't going to resign. Well, Jed Hoyer had to make some tough decisions. You can't sign all these guys back, right? So now, these decisions had to be made now for them to reboot and build the next great club Cubs team. So now in this trade, the Cubs got a, a former first-round draft pick, and it gets, the kid's injured, but he's considered an elite-level defender. So for this trade, guys... I thought, okay, they got a little bit better value, I thought, for, for Javi. But with the Rizzo thing, I just thought they could have got more, especially because the Yankees are known for having that deep farm system. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is, man. I mean, the Cubs, they they knew that they weren't going anywhere. They knew they weren't contending. These moves had to be made. A lot of Cubs fans are very upset and very hurt right now. They're blaming the Ricketts family, which I would understand. And if I were a Cubs fan, I'm not that crazy. But if I were... Keep it up, man. Keep it up. Keep it up, man. All right, man. <laughs> but, but if I were, I would just say that I would probably feel some kind of way, too, about the owner of the team. Because I feel like he set the club up in the beginning part of the season with the moves or lack thereof that he made. And then when the team came out and got to a good start, which surprised them, then it kind of backed them into the corner. So now that they're making these moves on the back end to get rid of even more guys, I don't know, man. For me, you would think with the team that they built up and they won that title in 2016, it feels a little incomplete. It's just like I thought they could have gotten more out of that, that that hall of talent. I mean, yeah, you guys went to the playoffs five times, but only to get one title just kind of feels a little like light. Well, you know what? That's what it is, man. You know, we only got one title out of it. We played well during that time frame. We got a lot out of it. I mean, five years of the team going to the playoffs, that was something different I haven't seen. And maybe we can do it again. Maybe we can get more titles in the future. But I'm not mad about these moves they made. I mean, I kind of saw this coming. We saw the writing on the wall. And a lot of fans who really saw this team the past couple of years, 
they should be able to see some of that right on the wall as well. So I'm not really as one, I'm not one of those fans who are really going to beat the Rickets up and beat them down for these moves they made, Press, because it is what it is, man. At some point when your team is not winning, you got to start fresh. And we got the most out of those guys when we had them. And now they're looking for major contracts too. And you can't afford all these guys. You just can't. It's just unrealistic to say we can invest all this money to all these guys and then expect to get some solid pitch and everything else and try to win. It's hard to do. So you got to start fresh, start young. I thought some trades they made, I thought was pretty good. And I thought some of them that, you know, I can say, ah, we'll see how it goes. But at the end of the day, you got to start over. You got to start fresh. It's a valuable lesson to be learned, Cubs fans. And that is, there's plenty of room on the White Sox bandwagon. Yes, sir. Talk to him, DC. Talk to him. <laughs> if you look at Craig Kimbrell's, you know, just making that drive a little bit south, you guys can make it too. That's all I'm going to say. That's right. Now, I will say this about the Craig Kimbrell move. I was a little hurt to see that Nick Madrigal was included in that trade. But obviously, I'm an optimistic person and I'm also realistic. And I know that you can't get one of the top closers in the game without giving something up in return. So even though it was a higher price, and I have a feeling that Nick Madrigal is going to make us pay as Sox fans for the next four to five seasons, hey, at least we still got Eloy. So whatever. Yep, that's all it is, friend. That's all it is, man. Make it easy, man. We had to give up a guy, man, to the Yankees before, you know, to get their closer. He went back to the Yankees, which is cool, you know. Uh, But anyhow, we got a nice guy from you all. I mean, Nick is going to probably be a, a stud for the Cubs. And I like that move that we made to get him. So I'm not mad. You all not mad. You got a good picture. You want got a closer, which is good that you all need. We got what we need. So um, I'm fine with that. These are kind of things that happens in Chicago. Um, and you know what? You wish the best of both teams. But I'm going to throw one more thing out there to both of you guys. When you talk about becoming a White Sox fan, what the hell were you guys at in 2016? Were you all working, rocking with the Cubs? Or no. were you all still sitting over there in the shadows over there wishing that we lost? <laughs> I'm not sure which role you guys play. The fact is that A-Dub ain't switching. A-Dub got respect for the White Sox, you know what I'm saying? I like people who is winning, doing a good job. But at the end of the day, I'm not selling out, brother. <laughs> I'm still running with my Cubs at the end of the day. Well, I'm just going to answer your question. No, I ain't a hater. I wasn't wishing it, that you guys lost or anything like that, but I sure in the fuck wasn't cheering for y'all. Uh, I will say this. <laughs> You got your chest awfully poked out for somebody that luckily won a title in 2016, and you should have had more. Now, he over there talking about it is what it is, but now he got all that smoke for him. You don't want the smoke. Relax over there, bro. <laughs> lucky? Nah, I know championship lucky. You earned them. Okay, y'all almost gave that motherfucker away. You know what I'm talking about. When that three-run home run got here, you pissed your pants. <laughs> hey, 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 friends, I was holding to my seat when that rain kicked up. I said, man, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, you was over there like Jason Hayward. He over there making speeches and, and trying to get these guys to, to rally around and do something. So don't, no, that's a North side thing. <laughs> South side dudes, we go down with the ship. Listen, it's like the Titanic. I know I see that iceberg, but hey, if, if the guy band's over there playing that song, I'm going to go grab me a nice little lady and we're going to dance to this thing, go down to the bottom of this ocean. That's me <laughs> as a Sox fan. Yes, sir. I get you. Back to the regularly scheduled program. Craig Krimble, he's going to give us one of the best bullpens in the entire league because we already got Liam Hendricks and now you're adding Craig Krimble. Can you imagine that type of heat that's going to be coming to teams in the playoffs in a playoff series when you know these games shrink down and it, it comes all about your bullpen. Now, when you could trot out a guy in the eighth inning and then he gets everybody out, then you could trot out either of these two guys in the ninth inning, lights out time, lights out time. And I'm very excited for this. And we got Tony LaRusso as the manager with that experience and that pedigree He's going to know exactly how to use these pitchers in the bullpen, how to use his starters. 
this was a great move by Rick Hahn. Even if we did give a magical, you know, at the end of the day, what they say, can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs, right? Excellent way to put it. And that's what it boils down to. In the postseason, it's about pitching. And this is going to be a hell of a one-two punch. So I'll echo, you know, great job, Rick, Rick Hahn. You know, excellent, excellent work. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yep. It's all in for the White Sox. You guys are going all in. I respect that. There you go. And listen, A-Dub, me and D.C., we will extend the invitation. It only had to be bandwagon. You could just, <laughs> you could just enjoy the journey with us. That's it, man. It's, it's, listen, we all brothers here on this journey together. But A-Dub, I want you to enjoy some good baseball this year. So that's all I'm saying. I'm extending it right now to you. You can choose to accept or not. It's okay. My feelings won't be hurt. But I'm just telling you, I want you to enjoy some baseball this fall. That's all. So I'm going to decline, all right? Okay. That's okay. Listen, shoot yourself, DC. We're going to get it in. (laughs) It's all love, brother. It's all love. Yes, sir. All right. Well, the last thing I wanted to do before we get into breaking down the Chicago Bulls draft pick, I wanted to shoot a little shout out to uh, Stephanie Dolson. So we talked about her on the last show. She won gold there in Tokyo on the three-on-three. And uh, I thought that that was huge, guys. Uh, It was really cool to see our Chicago Sky lady out there representing on the big stage. And she was out there playing her ass off, man, fellas. It was was good to see. Yeah, she was turned up. She was turned up. She she enjoyed every minute of that, as she should. So great Mm -hmm. job. She saw how she played, man, in that tournament. Man, she was doing a good job at setting those screens and rolls. I mean, she was doing a good job at grabbing those rebounds. She even made some, I mean, some very good points in there. I mean, crunch time points. So you got to really appreciate her. I appreciate what she did for that team. So, Yeah, and one other thing to, to note on Stephanie, she's a highly decorated athlete. I mean, she won two national championships at UConn, right? She was an All-American at UConn. She's a two-time All-Star. So winning isn't anything that's a thing that she's not used to. But they said that she ranked this winning this gold medal as one of the top accomplishments that she had in her career. And that's a point that we made on this show a couple episodes ago, just talking about how it feels to represent your country and the pride that comes from winning that gold medal. So it wasn't surprising that she ranked that atop of all of her many accomplishments in, in, in her professional career. She represented us very well, Press. She represented the shy very well, Chicago Sky. So we all we can do right at this point, man. Salute to that. That was greatness that was displayed. And hey, kudos to her going forward, man. I'm quite sure she's going to continue to make some great things happen of her career. Absolutely. That the journey to get that gold medal uh, for her personally was gratifying because, you know, she she had injuries to overcome. She, you yeah. know, she had to adjust her diet, drop some weight, you know, and yes, sir. You know, focus. So so that we should all applaud because that is that's an incredible feeling when you know you've had mountains to climb to get to that gold medal. And, and she did it. And D.C., that's a hell of a point because we do know from last season she struggled a bit. Right. She, she even admitted herself that she was you know out of out of shape. She was dealing with some things with her family. They all were, you know, they caught COVID. So she had to dedicate herself this offseason to working out more, watching her calorie intake, to your point. And she said she lost about 30 pounds from what I saw. So when I look at not only just winning this gold medal, but the dedication that she put into her craft to get back to this this point in her career, that says all you need to know about her as just not only an athlete, but as a person. Hard work and dedication put out there and it paid off. That's a success story that I like to hear about any player, you know, any sport. And she kind of like showed that, hey, I'm committed to this. And all you can do, man, when someone show that kind of commitment and they put all that hard work into it, you look forward to seeing the results from that. 
And look what we see now from her. Gold medalist and doing a great job for our Chicago Sky at this point, too. That's right. That's right. Well, fellas, let's get into the actual episode here. I'm very, very much looking forward to hearing you guys' thoughts on the Chicago Bulls draft pick of Io DeSumo. That you guys both know, I'm a huge Illini basketball fan. Yes, and man. brothers, when that pick made, man, there was some volume come up out of my crib. That's all I got to tell you. Boy, I was pumped up, man, because never in my wildest dreams that I think that Io was going to slip not only out of that first round, but I didn't even think that he would even fall to the Bulls at 38. Wasn't even a guy that any of us even brought up as one of our targets. So, fellas, talk to him. Io, what's good? Io, welcome home, sir. Welcome home. Man, the feeling is is mutual, Prez. You know, I spent some time down there in Shambana, Champaign-Urbana. And, and what, this, what this young man was able to do for the Illini um, over the last three seasons, he improved every step of the way. And like you said, none of us had him pegged as a realistic option or target for the Bulls. So for him to slide, I saw even as high as 15 for him to go in the in the draft. But mm-hmm. I mentioned to A-Dub before we kicked everything off, teams have fallen in love with taking freshman players. This man stayed in college for three seasons. So I feel like that's what contributed to his slide a bit. But man, did we get a steal. Yes, we did. Also, too, and I'm sure A-Dub's got a point on this as well, I think those trades that we saw starting to happen in that bottom part of the first round, I think that also kind of helped to make him slide as well because you know what happens then. Other teams, they probably already have somebody on their big board, and then I think that kind of helped Io to kind of free fall a little bit. But, man, whatever happened, man, it worked in our advantage. Man, Prez, D.C., Westinghouse Prep, Morgan Park, Fighting yeah. the line now. Stand up. We in the building, baby. I-L-L. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I-L. Welcome home, baby. Well, you're staying home, baby. Uh, Prez, I was excited about this, man, because like you said, and DC said, I didn't think we had a chance to get him. I really didn't. I never thought this guy would drop a 38. Like you hit on a good point, Prez, about what these other teams were thinking about, what they were doing. I totally understand. But they made our fortunes come true by doing that because I did not see this guy stepping that far. We get a good guy who we saw develop over time. And D.C. hit a good point about the fact that how this NBA has transitioned to by picking younger guys they think is going to pan out based upon what, potential? Well, this guy here looks like he's somebody can come in right away and play for us. So I'm kind of excited about a guy. I like his height. I like his scoring ability. I mean, the guy's shown to be a good scorer over the years. He's gotten better defensively. So, I mean, I'm excited about this whole entire pick, man. So I'm hoping for some great things from him down the road. I don't expect him to be a guy that starts right away for the Bulls. But, man, we got a good one for the future. No, I don't see him starting any either. But what I look at is a guy in Io that's going to compete, he's going to battle, and he's going to work his ass off. Now, one point that I had is when you look at a lot of times when some of these elite athletes fall out of the first round and they get drafted in the second round, a lot of times these guys – in their brains, they can't program themselves to fit it into a role of a guy that's getting drafted in the second round. When I look at Io, he's a team first guy. If you look at the way that he played in Illinois, we knew that he was the guy, but he was unselfish in the way he played. He came back for a third season. And there were times that he deferred and he gave the ball up to Andre Cabello. So that just shows you his mindset and the way that he's going to approach things. And coming into this league as a rookie, he's going to have to learn. He's going to have to earn his minutes. So I think that he is one of those guys that I think is built for this position and where he was drafted. 
Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. And I see leadership qualities in this man, you know, in, in the way that he plays his game, like you said, just his overall approach on the court. I see Io having a chip on his shoulder, humbly accepting his role, but not letting anybody forget that they let him slide to 38. There's a whole bunch of teams that he's got on his hit list to make pay. So the man is going to come into the league under a great learning tree. Obviously, Billy Donovan, decorated college head coach, has has had some success in the NBA. But then you think about that guard rotation in the backcourt. You got Zach Levine. You got Kobe White. Last episode, I mentioned possibly getting Derrick Rose. Could you just imagine Derrick Rose being a mentor for Io? That would be huge. He would definitely be the right guy to help with shoulder the pressure of a guy from Chicago, you know, playing in his hometown. I think that would be huge, DC, honestly. But point that you made up real quick, and, and I wanted to get A-Dub's thoughts on this. So you brought up a little bit of that guard rotation. Now, let's think about this. Now you have Io that's coming into that guard rotation with Zach. He's coming into that with Kobe. He's coming into that with Sato, right? They have some really good guards on this team, and now you add Io into the mix. Man, dude, I'm telling you, man, these guys are starting to build a pretty decent-looking roster for us, and this is only the beginning because we don't even know what's going to face us come free agency or if there's some trades that may come into the mix. One thing you think about, Fred, think about these guards on this team, they all kind of play different. None of them kind of play the same style, which you like, and either of those guys can fit in with playing alongside of, of Zach, really, you know, because Zach is Zach, right? And you want to have a guy who can come in and can help him out from guard standpoint. So, yeah, you see this here, man, and see these guys in front office making some good moves, man, to bring in some guys who can actually fit this team, you know, under, under coach. And I think Coach Billy Donovan know what he's doing here with this kind of a team. I think these guys they have on the roster now can actually fit into the system a whole lot better than they did in the past. So you love what you see here, you know, and I'm quite sure there's going to be some more moves made by the Bulls. I don't think this is it. This is just getting a draft pick. But I think they're going to make some kind of moves in this offseason to try to upgrade this team even further than what it's at right now. Oh, I could definitely see that. When you look at Io's game, what is one of the strengths that you have for him? Because for me, when I look at him, one of the things that I really like about him is he can get to the basket and score. He can finish through contact. But he actually worked on his jumper a little bit here in this third season, and he started to hit those pull-up jumpers. And I thought that was a part of his game that evolved. But I want to get you guys' thoughts on what you like about Io's game. Same. You know, I've noticed that his shooting has improved as well. And it's it's, it's a pretty nice shot. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty nice shot. Obviously, at the next level, he's going to have to, you know, refine it a little bit. But he's got a quick release. And look at his speed. Look at his poise. Look at just the way that he sees the floor. His teammates know that he's going to get them the ball. You know, there's never really a doubt on the court about, you know, well, is, is Io going to take this shot? Is he going to go off the dribble? No, like, I, I feel like he's the type of player that is looking to set the table. Hmm. Yeah, good point, DC. And I can see the other thing about him, Perez, is that he's maybe an underrated passer. His passing ability, you know, when he comes off the screen, I mean, he can see guys, can make some good plays. So a lot of times people don't realize that even though with him being 6'5", more like a combo guard, he still can make good decisions with the basketball. And that's one of the things I see that he's actually shown a lot of improvement with over the course of the years that he played at the lineup. Now, you did make a point that I think is important to note for the audience is Adair brought up the fact of how he plays off the ball screens. That was also a part of his game that really, really 
excited me to see him in Illinois when Kofi would set those screens for him and Ayo was pulling up. You know, he didn't even think about it. Confident, but also a thing that you brought up, DC, that I think is really important is Ayo has a killer instinct. Think about in Illinois how he hit so many of those tough late game shots that either sent the game into overtime or Illinois won the game based off of that. He's got that ice in his veins. And so you got a guy that's coming in here that's not afraid of the moment. Telling you, Prez, if we could get a 15-man roster full of guys with that quality, sign me up. Because that's something you just can't teach. You can't teach the ice in the veins. You either got it or you don't. Mm -hmm. That's right. Talk about that heart, baby. But now one thing, though, A-Dub, you talked about his passing ability, which I do agree with. But however, one of the things that I saw that he struggled with at, at Illinois was his ball handling. He turned the ball over a ton. We saw that happen in the Loyola game, right? Also, the jump shot is not as consistent as it's going to need to be at the next level. So even though me and DC gave him props for that pull-up jumper, he's going to have to still work on it because at this NBA level now, he's going to have to take more contested shots, right? And on this Bulls team, if Ayo can knock down those shots, he's going to get minutes on the floor. Yeah, friends. And the thing is, he's going to have to be able to stretch the floor. I think transitioning from the college level to, to the NBA, he's going to have to get better in, in that range too. Not just the mid-range, but also shooting that three-point shot, you know, from the corner, you know, from the top of the key. These are areas where you might get the ball and be able to have an open opportunity, right? Because, you know, guys going to try to load up on Zach. So now you got opportunity to now make open shots. So can he make those? Can he cash it in? He's going to really have to work hard and get better in that area too. As well, he's going to have to add some strength to his body. 6'5", uh, around the 200 neighborhood. I believe Jamal Crawford came in somewhere around there. I mean, you saw the type of career he had. So while Ayo's not the scorer that Jamal Crawford was or is, he's got those intangibles that we just spoke about. So when he's on the court with Zach and Vooch, they're going to garner so much attention to A-Dub's point. He is going to have to knock down those shots. And he's going to have to stretch that range out. No, absolutely. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I would like to see him work on in the NBA level. I think if he does that, he'll be good cleaning up those turnovers, improving that handle. But those are things at the NBA level that I think he'll be able to work with. I mean, the Bulls, they have a really good staff there. And I know that once they get their hands on this guy, they'll be able to make it happen. But those turnovers, he's got to tighten up with the ball because he caught in the college level. He was a little too loosey goosey. And he allowed teams to slap the ball out of his hands very easily. So that's something in the NBA, that's a no-no. You get ripped in two seconds out here playing like that. So he's going to have to tighten up the handle and make sure that he's keeping that dribble a little closer to him than he did at college. He has to also know when to get the ball up sooner. Because I saw in the tournament, right, Brez, where he was getting deed up. He was getting double team, but he wasn't getting the ball up quick enough or soon enough. And that caused some turnovers as well. So I think he's going to have to get better in that area, which I believe he will. Sometimes you got to understand that, hey, you can see a double team coming, get rid of the ball quicker and sooner and let somebody else make a decision. It's a fair point. But the scoring ability that he has in college was top notch. And I think that's something of his that I think it definitely translates to the NBA level. A.W. brought up the point about him being a combo guard. This is a positionless league, so we could probably see him interchange between spots one to three right out there and, and do that with these. So I think that he'll be able to add more to that frame, as you mentioned. We should be in a really good spot with him. Once he gets to work with the you know the NBA strength and conditioning type of guys, I think we'll be good to go. Without a doubt. And then, too, you're starting to see the future Bulls take shape. You insert an I.O., you insert a Marco Simonovic, you insert Patrick Williams. You know, these guys are all young. Levine and Vucevic are going to be the lead dogs, but 
look out because these young bulls, they have something to say about, you know, their careers as well. And they, they want to make sure it's off to a uh, off to a great start. Another thing, too, I mean, I brought this up really quickly when it came to I.O. And I talked about the fact that he's going to come in here with the right attitude and the right mindset. Well, one of the things that we saw about him in Illinois, and I think it's just because of the coaching that they have there at Illinois. But, dude, I.O. fought, whether it was through screens, defensively, offense, he wasn't afraid of physical play. And we all know the Big Ten is all about physical play. And he gave 100% of energy on any play on both sides of the, of the ball. So I think in the NBA, he might be able to uh, transition to being a really good defender. Now, the one area that he did struggle with in college was on help defense. But I will still say, though, you can't force someone to hustle. And he has that already in his bag. So I think if they teach him a little bit more on the side of positioning and helping out defensively, I think you're going to have a pretty good player here. And I'm telling you, an absolute steal to steal your words, DC, at 38. Yes, sir, Prez. Good point you made about that, about being a steal, man. And even about his defense, I think one thing I like about though Prez is that he is he plays scrappy, you know? And a lot of guys like that just play that way, and that's their style. And with him, man, you can play scrappy on defense. If you transition to that, I mean, that would be awesome, man, if we can get him to that level. But you're right, it's going to be some learning, some growing pains for him, you know? Uh, but I think with him, he has a lot of potential in being a very good defender, like you're saying, Perez. And also with that height at 6'5", he can use that, that length right there can be a game changer for him, you know, if he utilize that very well in the defensive end. And I think he's going to add an element that we haven't seen on this Bulls team since uh, Chris Dunn left. We just saw Chris Dunn get traded to Boston today. Io is going to be scrappy, as you said, A-Dub. And, you know, in his position, he's got to come in, ask the coaching staff, what does this team need and, and where and where can I provide it? You know, like come in, be a sponge, look to do those little things that's going to earn you minutes. Yeah. And and I think that that's the only way that he's going to get minutes. But I also think that's the way that he's going to endear himself to his teammates. And let's not forget the fact that he's young enough and and the, you got some younger players on his team like Kobe White and Pat Williams. They probably have some familiarity with I.L. So he's coming into an environment where it's going to be super comfortable for him. Not only just the fact that he's from here, but he's also going to have teammates and guys that are close to his age that will be able to kind of take him under their wing as well. So I think I.L. not only just from a standpoint of being a good fit for the Bulls, I think the Bulls are a good fit for him as well, personally. And the other part, man, when Zach comes back, I'm quite sure Zach, Zach is going to come back as a better leader for us. I can see that happening to where Zach coming in and saying, hey, young fella, I want to take you under my wing a little bit to show you a few things. So you got myself there to help you out. It's a smooth transition, I believe, right, Perez? It's a win-win situation. Yeah, Zach's embracing that big brother role, finally. Uh, and and you saw what he did with Patrick Williams out of Team USA. You know, he offered to, you know, spend time working out over the summer with guys, um, Zach is, I could see him taking Io under his wing, without a doubt. Yeah, I could definitely see that as well, too. I guess before we get out of here, though, just wanted to get any final thoughts that you guys had on this move, because I think from a standpoint where I look at it, this is a great move for the, the Bulls of being able to add a, I think, a multi-talented guy that's going to give it his all out there on the court. I mean, we saw last season that there were so many moments in these games where I thought sometimes the effort wasn't there on a day-in and day-out basis with this team. And this is now a guy that you're bringing in here that I think could be a culture changer. But I want to get you guys' final thoughts on Io. I feel like Io, he's going to come in and be a game changer. He, he knows his minutes are not going to be guaranteed. 
So he's going to give it his all. He's going to give it that 110% effort every time he steps on the court. And that's going to be infectious. And when was the last time you've seen a rookie come in and push the vets like that? Just right off the bat. Just, you know, like, I'm I'm here. This is my city. Like, if, if I'm I.O., my mentality is I'm born here. I'm raised here. Played college in the state. Got drafted by my hometown team. I see what the front office is trying to do. I'm ready to give it my all in practice, on the court, in the community. I'm just happy about this pick. I'm definitely happy about this pick as well. I want to be patient with them. It's the fact that I want to see this kid continue to develop. I know a lot of times people want to rush this kid playing in his hometown and everyone have a whole lot of high expectations for him right away. For me, it's more like, hey, let the guy continue to learn. You know, let him continue to grow. Let him, let him continue to improve like he did in college, right? And make that next step in the NBA and transition here and be better in, in the NBA than he was in college. So let the guy continue to work, continue to grow. I see a lot of potential in him for sure. I think he's a kid that's really going to earn his minutes. Nothing's going to be given to him. He's going to earn everything. And like you all said before, man, he has a chip on his shoulder. I think he's going to really play with that chip on his shoulder for sure. He's going to work his butt off and he's going to make a difference when he gets a chance to play. Yeah, man, this is just the ultimate feel-good story. I love it. I love this excitement to see his family all sitting there with him and this the expression on all their faces when they heard that he was coming, that, well, he was coming to the Bulls, but also uh, staying home here in Chicago. And it's, it's really, really great to see. And I would say this, though, even with the drafting of Io, that should not change the Bulls' pursuit of a point guard this summer, whether that's Lonzo Ball, whether that's Derrick Rose. But I think this is just a great acquisition for the Bulls at this point in the year to bring a guy like this into the fold. Man, you just I'm just really excited about the direction of this team, AK and Eversley. I've just been really impressed with what they've been able to do with this roster so far. I'm definitely impressed with these guys, man. And they've been doing a good job so far, AK and the team, the front office, man. They've been making moves, man. They try to make the right moves, the right drafts that to put this team in position to be better down the road. And I think right now what they're trying to do is get this team back in the playoffs, man. Get the Bulls back there and continue to grind and build this team up. So far, so good, Perez. I've been impressed. Yes, sir. Well, hey, we got free agency on the horizon here. So, hey, audience, keep rocking with us. We're going to have more content coming for you guys definitely in the upcoming weeks, especially NBA and Chicago Bulls related. But hey, it's final segment time. If this city could talk. So for my If This City Could Talk, it's going to be for the people that are out here that are going to be going to Lollapalooza this weekend. Now, I'm excited that people are going to be able to have the festival. I love Lala. Lala's a great time here. I saw Lala the year that the Kanye closed out the show. One of the dopest experiences I've ever had in my life. However, we weren't in the COVID world then. We didn't have a Delta variant swimming over our heads. So if this city could talk, it would just tell people, please have fun, but follow the rules and requirements in order for you to be able to have this event. Continue to follow the rules so we can continue to have other events like this. So if this city could talk, everyone, have fun responsibly. If this city could talk, it would say, hey, thank you to all these individuals who actually got vaccinated. The reason I say that because, you know, the variant's still out there, man. It's getting worse. And those who actually got vaccinated are doing the right thing and helping us stay safe, I believe, in my opinion. I've been vaccinated. You know, I have no problem with sharing it with anyone. Um, and so far, I've been trying to do a good thing for my family to make sure that no one gets sick around me and, you know, and vice versa. So I would just say those who actually got it done, there have been a lot of criteria that's being made for those who actually are vaccinated. So therefore, you're able to get into certain places and do certain things because you are vaccinated. And most of it is about being safe. So 
this city can talk, it will say to thank you, thank you to those who actually got vaccinated and continue, you know, staying safe while you're out there in the streets. And for me, I'm going to keep it very plain, very simple. If this city could talk, let's have a moment of silence for 2016 Chicago Cubs, you know, because that's that's unprecedented, man. The three core pieces of, of that team getting traded out within days of one another, you know. I know we joke a lot, you know, between White Sox and Cubs, but there's some diehard Cubs fans out there that's probably on, uh, <laughs> you know, like 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 just having a having a rough go at it today. So remember, just encourage one another, regardless of your allegiance. <laughs> and and to echo a dub and Prez's uh, point, be safe and uh, take care of yourselves and each other. To uh, quote Jerry Springer. I love that on the way out. And uh, I hope my brother is alive out there. Uh, if, if you listen to this episode, uh, definitely get in contact with me because I'm still worried about you. <laughs> DC, go on and sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Chicago State of Mind. You can find this show wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow or subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We appreciate your support of our show. If this city could talk, it would say Michael Jordan is and always will be the greatest of all time. The GOAT.